With us today, we have Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Happy Thursday, Dr. Paul. How are you? Thursday already? Yes, it's oh, my Friday. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, good I guess we'll in. talk about foreign policy. A little bit. A little yeah. bit of foreign policy. And of course, we uh, you know, get a lot of leads from Zero Hedge, but they also quote a few other people dealing with this issue we're yeah. going to talk about today, Reuters and other people, because there's propaganda in this, so some of the regular media is going to talk about it. And uh, the propaganda is usually that's a polite word of saying they lie in through their teeth, yeah. because they make it sound like, boy, this is a big deal. Maybe maybe the Russians will lose this war after all. Yeah. It's not likely to happen. But the headline that Zero Hedge uses is interesting. It says, Ukraine set to receive bombs so new it hasn't hasn't reached U.S. arsenal yet. <laughs> so, But it's coming on the market. It reminds me of uh, how they bring about uh, vaccines to the market. Yeah. Emergency, emergency. Don't test them. Yeah, don't test we'll them. We'll use them guinea pigs. So they, don't, they, they said that they're bringing this one out. They didn't have it fully tested. Uh, but the magic of this, Daniel, they, you know, because everybody knows we're running out of money and they're becoming fiscal conservatives. What they said is that uh, th this is really a neat deal. It's a new weapon. So it's expensive and all that. But it's paid for. That's great. So, <laughs> Isn't that I, nice? I wonder, I wonder if the military industrial complex volunteered to pay for this one or they volunteered to take some money for it. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, it's paid for, which helped them get a waiver and move it along because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what's so crucial about the war right now. It doesn't look like uh, Ukraine is going to fold tomorrow completely. And it doesn't look like the Russians are going to change the front line again. So I think uh, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of activity, but that war looks like it's going to go on for a while. We like long wars. I'm being cynical, yeah. of course, and it's our government likes long wars. And some of them purposely like long wars because it's perpetual war and perpetual uh, uh, spending. But this uh, n n new bomb was uh, developed by Bowen and Saab. And uh, it's supposed to be really great. It's going to shoot 90 miles and very accurate and all, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but we have to learn a more difficult uh, you, you know, to, uh, substitute for the full name because it's G-L-S-D-B. Yeah, that sounds like LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> so that stands for Ground Launch Small Diameter Bomb. So they're up in it. They're still in the bomb business. So any, anyway, but they want to refer to it. They're teaching us GLSDB yeah. and social media. You have to learn a lot of number, letters, too. But, uh, you know, in, in military, you have to as, as well. Uh, and this is this is something that um, it's, it's very interesting how, how they're proposing, how, how wonderful it is. And uh, I, I want to read a little bit about, you know, some of the, the claims here. Uh, and uh, in, the, uh, in the article, this uh, was reported as shipping the GLSDB into Ukraine war could pay dividends. <laughs> Who would have yeah. ever guessed? Boeing and Saab and other ways. It's an this is the one that got me, or got, my, got me started. <laughs> it's an opportunity to showcase the new weapons in a hot war. 
You know, they're out there training on yeah. weapons. We've talked about that, but when, when you see it again, what's the difference is they're so blunt about it. You know, this, this is just a practice session for, for weaponry. You know, it does a lot of things. Some companies make money and they develop weaponry and it, they can perpetuate things and oh, it just goes, it goes on and on. But it gives them a chance to test. Uh, you know, wasn't there somebody that wanted us to make sure we tested those uh, B-52s yeah. and make sure we test all the airplanes too. Uh, and it says, like last year, Boeing pitched the Pentagon on an expedited nine-month option for delivering the new weapon. So they got a waiver. Yep. You know, and they, at first, the, the article was trying to mislead us by saying, well, it's paid for. We don't have to do too much. But they haven't. They don't really have the money for any of this stuff. And then they also, uh, you know, admit what they're up to. They're just out there tra uh, practicing with, uh, with weaponry. And, uh, and then they put, get a waiver to, to uh, maybe it isn't as accurate as they said. They say it's really great, you know, with, within a very short distance, over yeah. 90 miles. So maybe they, uh, maybe, maybe uh, they uh, don't have a weapon quite understood yet because, uh, you know, the first thing, they, they didn't want to admit it. At least they said, well, uh, the, the Iranians did it. The Iranians did it. Well, we find out, I think, that uh, it just might have been a little bit different than that, which was our suspicion from the very beginning. We better wait and find out. Who's, who's causing what and who's building up the propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the article's origin is in Politico, and we can put on that first clip, and Hedge brought, brought up, wrote it up for us, thankfully. Hmm. The new U.S.-made longer-range bomb expected to arrive <coughs> as soon as Wednesday. Well, that's yesterday. They're already there then. The war's over, I guess. <laughs> uh, the ground-launched small-diameter bomb doesn't even exist in the U.S. inventory. So here's what's going on. Go to the next one really quick. This is what Dr. Paul said. Um, the weapon has one feature that's particularly attractive since it's already paid for. The Pentagon can ship it to Ukraine without waiting for additional war funding. This is the crux of the issue because they have not passed that $61 billion that Biden is demanding for Ukraine. Republicans are digging in their heels. Ukraine is out of weapons. They're called shell-starved. They can't fire any shells. They're running out of weapons. Um, there is a pre-coup situation in Kiev, which we don't really go into today, but there's a massive problems between Zelensky and Zeluzhny, and Poroshenko is wanting to come back. So it's a pre, as Ukraine sinks further down into this bloody war, there's a pre-coup situation there, so you have that problem. The folly of this entire exercise is about to be exposed. This two-year idiocy of our proxy war is about to be exposed. And again, as I said, Republicans are digging in because they have nothing to lose by saying, no, you can't have any more weapons right now, or by tying it to the border or what have you. So what do you do? Well, you ship over these already paid for weapons that don't need a new appropriation, right? They're already paid for, so you ship them over. And they say, well, that's gonna, be, that's gonna really make a difference. Well, this whole war has been a history of the latest Wunderwaffen, the latest great weapon that's gonna make a difference. Remember, Javelins, HIMARS, Attackums, Patriots, Bradleys, Leopards, Challengers, MiGs, all of these things were shipped and they were all game changers. Well, this will go down as yet another one of the game changers that really changed nothing. But the thing that sickens me the most, Dr. Paul, and sorry to go on about this, 
is that, yes, they're thrilled. The military industrial complex is thrilled. We get to test this in live, yeah. real you know, combat experience. Meanwhile, Ukraine is an ocean of blood. 500,000 dead members of the military is the latest estimate, probably more than that. And instead of saying, we need to end this right away, nothing is making a difference. You can't beat the Russian military. Instead of doing that, hey, we got a great idea. Let's test some more weapons and get more Ukrainians killed. See, what they want us to believe that if this is just a, a technical problem where they don't have the right weapons and as long as we keep doing this we're going to be able to fight this war and, and win this war. They don't claim that they're on the verge of winning quite like they were before because reality yeah. is setting in but they're still in order to get more it's getting it's getting more difficult to come here because uh, even some of the members of Congress are waking up yeah, and, and, and realizing but you know why the congressmen are waking up because some people in this country, the constituents, you know, we don't give them enough credit because they will wake up and send a message and they have talked about this. But they, they want to call it a weapons problems and this is, their answer is more money, uh, even if you hide how much it costs and build more sophisticated weapons. But it's, it's really a policy question. You know, why did we go in? What is began? Are we being honest about it? Do we, uh, do we speak the truth when we know the truth? Yes, we wanted the people to believe this was, it, this was all due to Iran and that, that caused this problem. And, uh, what is it? Was it one of our missiles that did this? Uh, this, uh, this, uh, you know, bombing that happened. Yeah. yeah so, so it's it's a it's a it's a fiction, and uh, they will not deal with policy, nor will they his deal with recent or not too dis distant hi history of what's going on. Why? They, why don't they ask why more yeah, often? Why That's what I want them to do. Well, it's it's called. $100 bills, tons and tons of them. Go to the last one. This is the last one we'll do on this topic because you already said it, but it's worth underscoring. Plus, I already made a clip, so I better use it. Uh, I love this. This shipping the GLSDP into Ukraine war could pay dividends for Boeing and Saab. Uh, it's an opportunity to pitch a new weapon in real war scenario. That's not a quote. That's my uh, summary of what they're saying. Yes, paying dividends is what it's all about, and it's so sick and so cynical. You know, but let's move on because we have more weapon issues. And you you had uh, alluded to it a second ago, but the Russians uh, there was a a little bit of backstory. So there was a going to be a prisoner exchange between Russia and Ukraine. The Russians had a plane filled with uh, sixty some uh, Ukrainian prisoners of war that they were flying to the place where they're going to be exchanged for Russians. So the plane's up in the air. It's an illusion. Uh, it's shot down. Uh, over Russian territory, and everyone dies, including, I think, five or six Russian crew members. So everyone's dead. This happened a couple of weeks ago. And so Russia said, we're going to investigate. Was it a French missile? What was it? So put this in the next one on. Rus uh, Reuters is reporting now. Russia says it has evidence U.S. Patriot missiles downed its military transport plane. Now, that doesn't mean that Americans were necessarily operating the batteries, but it is possible. We know that they're in places where they don't belong. However, no one has uh, disputed the fact, I don't believe, that it was probably an accident. It probably wasn't on purpose. Someone probably pulled the trigger when they should have. But nevertheless, it was an American missile that destroyed a Russian plane on Russian territory and killed at least five Russian uh, military members and 60-some Ukrainians. You know, 
we work hard at ducking responsibility, like uh, no body bags coming back here and we're no good tro troops on the ground, but uh, we sure look pretty close to the, <laughs> to the, the war activity when you, we see these maps on where we have, have troops. But they, we make a big effort to duck the uh, military responsibility. But uh, th when they do that, they don't usually talk about how we finance sometimes both sides of these wars that are going on. And we have a responsibility there that we ought to have Congress emphasize it even more. But then, then there is the moral responsibility of a policy that drumbeats, you know, the, these conflicts throughout the world and they've been going on and we they were taught to, uh, you know, always have an enemy. And, uh, you know, there was a, a brief period after the Cold War ended that uh, we actually moved in the right direction. We started talking to China. It was so much different than when I remember the Korean War going on. Yeah. I was in high school and they were talking to people, trading with people and traveling to China and even Russia, there was more activity and we were, uh, you, you know, uh, sh sharing a, uh, some some of the products that we were able to, so they they did that, but uh, that, that isn't happening anymore. That's it's always uh, that was too soft. They had the, the people who wants this perpetual war for perpetual peace. Yeah. Uh, you know they had to make sure that we hate people, and uh, it's really it's really you know how they demonstrate it is if the people are there speaking the truth and suggesting that we shouldn't jump to the conclusions and we should, like last week, did somebody advocate, advocate we just just go into Iran yeah. over there oh, yeah. and bomb, Lindsay bomb Iran? <laughs> Lindsay baby. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a, the refusal to have the responsibility and the sadness of the gullibility uh, of the uh, of the people in this country who pay all the bills, yeah. and and yet they've been able to con the people into believing, yes, uh, that that might be a problem that we have to deal with. We have to deal with the inflation and deal like that, but they won't consider the fact that maybe they're connected. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe that's why they're suffering because the average person here is uh, in this country is paying for the bills, you know, in, in all the options, national security. I, I think you can make the argument on the whole security. We're less secure uh, because of this, you know, and, uh, and the economic challenges that we're facing. But uh, that message hasn't sunk in yet. And uh, of course, that's one of our goals of this program to try to get people to at least think about these issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the thing is about this Patriot missile, are the Russians lying? It's possible. We don't know. And, and I messed up the order. Can you go to the very last one? Because this is what they're claiming. They sent investigators to look for missile fragments uh, and see what they can identify because it does leave fragments. And it's hard to do this. Yeah, go to the very last clip because I yeah, put it. There we go. Thanks. So this is what the Reuters is reporting. Uh, among the fragments were serial numbers with English acronyms, including confidential classified by Patriot Security Classification Guide dated 920. Addendum there, contract NODA. So whatever it is, this is what they say was on the missiles. And my guess is people who know uh, back in D.C. will look at this and recognize what this means. And that's the reason why they released it this way, because to the, to the rest of us, it doesn't really mean anything. But it's, if it's a unique marker that was on the missile, that will be an indication to them. So they're trying to provide some evidence here. But if this is the case, we will face probably the first time in history that an American missile shot down a Russian military plane over Russia. 
You know, and that is a significant thing. Not even in the, especially not in the Cold War. <laughs> that never would have happened. An American missile shooting a Russian plane over Russia. This is what happens. Um, but, but now we're in a situation, Dr. Paul, where the U.S. has announced we're going to have a weeks-long bombing run in the Middle East. We may hit Iranian ships. We may even hit Iran. We're not going to say we're not going to do that. And why? Well, did Iran attack us? No. But an Iranian-made missile hit a U.S. base in the Middle East. So the parallels there, an American-made missile hit, hit a Russian plane over Russia. An Iranian-made uh, missile or drone may have hit American troops in the Middle East. Uh, but it's okay if we attack Iran based on it. But Russia has no right to attack us, even though it's our missile. So it's, I think the rest of the world sees this pretty yeah, clearly. Right. The hypocrisy. So we'll move on to something do, sort of domestic. Closer to home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, closer yeah. to home. And uh, this has to do with uh, the, the growing conflict, which has been around for a few years, a few decades, a yeah. year or two. And that is the conflict between a strong central government and the sovereignty of a federal government uh, against state sovereignty. And it brings back, uh, you know, an understanding of how it started and what the states were supposed to be like. And, and, uh, and yet there was, a, there was a conflict from the beginning. They had the Jeffersonians and the Hamiltonians fighting over this on how strong you would have the central bank and all this thing. So now, uh, now and we fought over this. And Lincoln, Lincoln was very clear. I mean, the quotes that are available on Lincoln on why he thought the Civil War should be fought yeah. it was to preserve the Union. Yeah. And uh, he had some soft words to say about toleration of, uh, of uh, slavery as long as it saved the Union. That was it. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we heard all the noise recently because uh, somebody, uh, they put some words in somebody's mouth and said, oh, well, it, 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 wasn't, about, uh, it wasn't about slavery and that's uh, a political sin yeah. to say something like that. But if you're seeking the truth, you have to realize that, uh, that there, was a, there was a concern by, uh, and a real concern by Lincoln and his friends to save the Union, yeah. save the Union, and a few lives were sacrificed. So that's uh, still a history that has not been fully exposed, although it's available to oh, anybody yeah. who wants to read about, uh, you know, the, 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 the causes. But right now, I think there's something similar to what's going on in, in Texas. Yeah, it you does. have the federal yeah. government coming in. Oh, they said they're not going to cause any violence and, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, it could break out. You know, we have the feds down there disagreeing with the states and uh, who decides about the invasion. We had a program like on this the, the other day yeah, and yeah. where the authority comes from. Yeah. And uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's something that... I think well, it can get is very, very dangerous because, you know, the Civil War didn't break out overnight. You know, the other thing that was involved in the Civil War were the tariffs. Yeah. You know? So there were other things. But that is not to say slavery wasn't an issue because it was the key issue for yeah. mobilizing people. So that was the case. But this this is something that I think is very, very dangerous. Uh, and, and that has to do with the park and where the exchanges are going. And the Texans say, look, we do have a right and an obligation 
to uh, defend our state uh, if we have been invaded. And I, I, I made a point you ought to be watching about it, it becoming an invasion, you know, a few years back. Oh, yeah. And I, I think uh, there's a lot of people now who refer this finally to an invasion. And uh, it probably when I first mentioned that, it probably was, wasn't because I, mine was this sort of, when does it become yeah. an invasion? Yeah. And I would say uh, it has become an invasion. So the states have an obligation and the people are behind this. And so uh, I don't think Biden has agreed though. <laughs> Biden, they're, they're determined. And, uh, and they said, but we're not going to bring our guns in and start shooting Texas people and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you know, it's like all wars. How do, how do things get started, you know, by accidents and who, who knows what. But that, that to me, uh, that's, that's a hope and pray that nothing vicious and violent turns up, but this thing is uh, not going to go away easily because uh, there's going to be, it's, it's even with an election, the election might make it worse, yeah. you know, uh, so we have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, let's put on that first clip because this is what we're talking about. The, uh, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about what's going on there, but this is something new. This is reported by LifeSite News. Um, there we go. Thanks. Texas denies federal agents access to border park at the heart of the razor wire standoff, and most people are aware of what happened, the, the Supreme Court said that the uh, federal government could remove the razor wire, and Texas Governor Greg Abbott said, no, sorry, you can't do that. <laughs> 25 states said we agree with Abbott. They're all red states. So this has become a real political football. If you go to the next one, it explains a little bit more. This is from the article. Texas has rejected the federal government's request for access to a border park. Uh, at the center of one of the ongoing disputes between the states and the Biden administration over immigration enforcement. While the union representing the U.S. Border Patrol says its agents will not be pitted against state agents working to secure the border. So that's also interesting, Dr. Paul. The union is, is actually sort of defying the president and saying, we're not going to go to war with our, federal, with our fellow border agents because they're state water agents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think about uh, the, the misinterpretation of some sincere people who got involved with uh, obeying your oath of office. And then I think of Kent State, you yeah, know, yeah. Where, where we had troops shooting at American citizens. And, uh, and people are outraged and they were able to take that principle of uh, keep uh, maintaining your oath of office. Yeah. And this is what I think the Texans are doing right now. They're, they're, they're uh, you know, sticking to their oath of office and their understanding of their state and, and they're getting support from it. But uh, th this is uh, this is going to be uh, this this could turn out to be very very it's already very very serious. But uh, what the consequence will be, because uh, you know, if heaven forbid, but what if uh, what if Biden gets an overwhelming, you know, they, somebody can rig the <laughs> election and Biden wins overwhelmingly and gets super control of everything? What do you think would happen? Oh yeah, I mean. Uh, they controlled the they, they controlled the, uh, uh, the FBI and uh, all the other security agencies, so it would uh, not be good. And that's uh, that's when you would see some real concern about uh, more fighting. But you know, Biden is so dynamic and articulate; it's hard to believe he <laughs> could possibly lose, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, uh, you know, people talk about Texas, you know, and that's there's a big Texas independence movement. 
it's probably not a bad idea. Secession is probably not a bad idea in some ways. But as you always say, yeah, but we don't want to be ruled from Austin either. <laughs> yeah. you know? We should just have Bazoria County secede. That might be all right. You know, we could form our own our own nation here. It's too bad we can't do that. So well, I'm going to close and just uh, this is my Friday. Tomorrow I've got to do my other job again. Uh, so I thank you all for watching the Liber Report this week. Uh, see that like, please hit it. You guys have been doing a great job. We had great likes this week because you're just pushing that button. Uh, if you're not following our channel, please follow it. Help us keep moving up and get more viewers because we're doing our best to try to bring you the news uh, with the Ron Paul flavor on it. So thanks again, and we'll see you on Monday from my end. Very right, good. Paul. You know, one thing that I emphasize, and a lot of people agree because it sounds so nice, that we should seek truth and tell the truth and uh, uh, pursue, you know, policies that, uh, you know, are conform with the Constitution. And most people, most members of Congress will take an oath to do that. But, but they, know that, they know that it's really deep down in their heart, it's fake. Because some of them say that we have a constitutional obligation to alter the Constitution. Oh, yes, by amending it? Oh, no, we don't have to amend it. We'll just, we'll just ignore it. So uh, that, that, that is, uh, no, I think the important thing is seeking truth. And the years I have spent doing this, what we're doing today, plus what, was, uh, what I was engaged in in Washington, is, uh, is, is you know, it's the, people, um, the people seeking tr truth are always pushed aside because the whole system is operated, whether it starts with the, you know, kindergarten all the way up through the progressive university system. It's, it's always, uh, it's, it's always, you know, it, a lot of people call it flat out lying, but it's very pr much motivated by propaganda, is always seeking power. And certainly when we start talking about the militarization and the pharmaceutical industry, it's money too. So that is not truth and uh, it's not moving in the right directions. But like I say, I do believe there's a lot of Americans who are sick and tired of it, would like to move it in the right direction, but uh, doing it is no easy task. I'm afraid things are gonna get worse before that there'll be serious consideration for the restoration of liberty. That, of course, for me, should be our goal. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.